Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros, the world champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3, 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, You know, this idea that Matt does not like pie does not does not go well with me. It just because I happen to love pie. Like I even what I don't really like that much. Now, if it's a really good one, I'm not saying I dislike it, but most of the time, people say you want, and I say no. I think cake is highly overrated. I think it has to be a great cake. For me to just say, oh, this is awesome. I'm really glad I ate a piece. It has to be a great cake. Now, it, a mediocre pie goes great for me. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even have to be great. It's kind of like gumbo or boudin. Now, I've had bad gumbo and I've had bad boudin. But me, just pretty good gumbo is still really good. And just pretty good boudin is pretty. Now, if it's bad boudin, that's a different story. I've had bad boudin. You don't want to mess with bad boudin. But... There's great boudin, and there's pretty good boudin. It's good, but pretty good cake. I, if if a cake is just pretty good, then I'm like, why did I waste my time? Yeah, I just, I'm not a big cake guy. One of the things is I don't like icing. Like me, I prefer a cake with no icing unless, again, has to be tip-top, you know, fancy, New York, you know, just really fancy, great icing. I've had great icing before, and great icing is good. Good icing is not worth it. Like some things are, some things have to be great, or to me, I, I just don't like them. Some things can be mediocre, and it's still good. Like, you know, again, like they, like gumbo or boudin or um Pop-Tarts, you know, a mediocre Pop-Tart is still kind of worth eating. But a, a a mediocre cake is just awful. Just like, why am I doing this? Like, no. Give me a mediocre pie and I'll enjoy it. Pecan pie, coconut cream pie. I mean, I, 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 that's, the, that's, the, that's the two. That's the two. Got to have one of those two. So back to your icing point. So if you have a cupcake... I eat take the, the icing off, throw it in the trash can, yeah. and eat the cake, and eat the cupcake. Mm-hmm. That's what I do typically. Yes. Usually, usually what I do is I'll have a napkin with my cupcake. <clears throat> so I'll take the cupcake, I'll flip it over, and put all the icing on that napkin. Somebody else will lick the icing, and I'll take it. People go, though, they take I don't the... mind licking a little icing off my fingers. Mm. Now, now, what are those cupcakes with the fruit on top, with the real kind of fancy white icing? In the... That I'll eat. It's got yeah. to be really, really good. Gentilly just, cake. Just normal... You know, chocolate or something. I just I get 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 that icing on it. Yeah, it's, it's got to ge- be really good the, or it's not worth eating. The Gentilly cupcakes. That's I don't know are. what they're called, but they are good. Yeah, the icing with the fruit on top of yeah, it. Yeah, that I'll do. Doesn't like pie. I know, he's crazy, man. I mean, I guess he don't like rice and gravy, and he don't put corn on the spaghetti either. Yeah, I don't put corn on my spaghetti. <laughs> I've yet to try it. You gotta do it. I my, that's my plan. I actually had Olive Garden yesterday for dinner. Ken took me out to dinner. He was like, hey, 
I'm take you out tonight. I said, oh, okay. So I'll have my spaghetti. I'll try with some corn just to, just for your sake. Just for I you. have done that before, and they look at you. If you go to an Italian restaurant and you and you ask to put corn on the spaghetti, they look at you really weird. I bet they like, would. really weird. That's what I'm doing at home. But my theory, it's an Acadia Parish thing, and Matt's got Acadia Parish roots, so he should be he should do that. He's crazy, man. That's fine. <sighs> All right. All right. That's I, I mean, look, if you want to call about food, especially this week, certainly feel free with, with Thanksgiving being tomorrow. But um we do wanna we will be talking sports today for those of you who don't enjoy food talk, but you know, I don't know why you wouldn't. Um Big win, or I say a big win, a nice win for the Cajuns last night. And I wrote down a bunch of notes, um, and I can't find it. So that's what – somehow between my home and here, I wrote down a bunch of notes from the game, and, and it and it eludes me right now. But I can tell you this, the Cajuns won 76-72 in overtime. It's the second straight game that they, they trailed the majority of the game, and they found a way to win. They were down 10 with about 16 minutes to go uh, in regulation. They got down by three in in overtime, and they came back and won both times. And, um, and again, uh, I think Jordan Brown had 26 points and nine rebounds, if I remember correctly. And Terrence Lewis, who had been playing great, only had six points and seven rebounds. Greg Williams is starting to play really well. He was 19-9 and with two steals, and so that is a really good sign. Greg already plays defense and handles the ball and all that. If he starts becoming an offensive weapon, that could push the team over. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So this is this is what's funny about you. So this is why you're crazy, and, and I'm going to break it down. I mean – Number one, you like almond jars, which, I mean, it's not awesome. the best candy in the world. And you don't like icing on a cake? No. And you're an alien. <laughs> I guarantee you you're an alien. <laughs> and you put corn and you spaghetti and all that. That's yes. not normal, cat. That's not normal, cat. That's so crazy. But what? listen, I, I was thinking about this crazy. So who would you who would you trust cooking your Thanksgiving meal if you're on a football team? You know, number one, I'm not trusting a kicker. There's no way I'd let this, a kicker cook for me. It's got to be a lineman or nose guard. Defensive tackle. Yeah, nose guard, defensive tackle. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, yeah, nose guard all the way. There's no way yeah. to let a kicker cook for you. I, mean, I agree. Would you let Will Lutz cook Thanksgiving for No. He'll, he'll miss the <laughs> pot. Ride right. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you pay to have half oh, food on it if you all yeah. right. No, not doing that. I agree. Hey, did – um. Marvel played Lutcher last week. Who won that game? I don't even know. Lutcher won. It was a close, pretty, pretty close game, but Lutcher did win, yes. You know, Coach Durant played in that Lutcher Northside game back in the day. He was a freshman, played a little bit, so that's seven. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't real I didn't remember because did he graduate in eighty seven? I thought it was the eighty seven football season that was his last year, no? No, it was like eighty nine. Well then he wouldn't have played in that eighty four game. Uh, he was there. I, I was. I was right there with him. He was there. Okay. But anyway, yeah, man. Hey, when you go to church, ask, say a little prayer for yourself because I mean, icing belongs on a cake. <laughs> Have a good Thanksgiving. All right. Thank you. You too. 
And again, if it's great icing, if it's just pretty good icing, it belongs in the trash can or on someone else's plate, not my plate. Like, I'm okay with – if y'all want to eat icing, that's fine. I just I just don't really like – it's got to be great icing or I just want no part of it. I just would – I would rather just eat the cake. Like, at times growing up, my mom would make a cake and she would not put icing on the whole cake sometimes just – and I would just eat it. I would just uh, eat the part that didn't have icing on it. And again, if I, it's not like I won't ever eat it. I mean, sometimes I do, but I, I don't really enjoy it. It's like I just kind of get through it, you know. It's not that I just hate it. It's not like eating mustard greens or something. But I, but, but I just, I, normally I just say no. I just, I just want the cake, or unless it's really good icing. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Yeah. Good morning, Bud. G- good morning. Bud, you say you don't. You, you, it has to be really good icing. You know that makes you an elitist, right? <laughs> I, I'm a cupcake uh, elitist. <laughs> but you know, you talking, but you're talking about icing. I don't like icing. Yeah. I not give a me thing. a plain cake. Yes. Don't put that icing on the inside. I won't give this a foot. And my wife will tell you this. And she'll be, she's like, why did you do that? I just don't like it. I will eat Oreo cookies, but I'll take a butter knife or a little plastic knife, and I'll take the icing out. Well, you know, I was having yeah. that discussion with my wife. She she <laughs> bought some Oreo cookie with icing. In she, it. I just can't do it. She bought some double stuff Oreo cookie. I said, don't. I said, next time, don't get the double stuff. I, I like. I like the chocolate part more than I like the white part, but I'm exactly. I, I'm good with the with just the normal Oreo cookie. But the double stuff is just too much white part. I, I'm not a big double stuff guy. I uh, the normal or the double, I will not eat that right. that white stuff on the inside. So I just say- can't do it. So you're saying like is I'll take it. The cookie itself, like you said, the, the cookie itself, I like the taste. Plus, plus, if you're gonna do the dip in milk thing, the white. Having too much white don't go with the milk. It's the chocolate part that goes with the milk. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. We, you know, um, people just don't understand. It's good to hear that Greg and doing better now. Uh, you know, uh, always rooted for Greg. You know, Gre- Greg's a good guy. Well. I agree. Greg's a good guy. And I, I don't think he's ever going to be a, this great offensive player. He does a lot of other things well. But if he can give them consistent points uh you know that that could be the difference this year uh, that uh, is very encouraging now here's before i let you go um are they playing in a tournament somewhere or are these are just regular games no these are regular games they played in dallas last night against smu and then on saturday they're going to play drake in des moines iowa I, i'd have to look it up but i don't know that i don't ever remember them playing drake before but i just come i just come from working in iowa Oh, my God, it was cold. I bet it was. I bet it was. I bet it was. Have a good one. Well, it's good hearing your voice again. Thanks for calling. Good old caller. We've been talking to him for years. So you're saying is if I ever have Oreos again, I'm going to eat the middle part and I'm going to give you the cookie. Again, I ate the double stuff once, but I, I it's just too much icing or whatever you call that, the white stuff i don't eat regular oreos i um i much prefer the regular ones i like i like the chocolate more than the than the whatever's in the white in between see the thing is though regular oreos i don't like the cookie part 
Oh, I love I only it. eat the cream. But if it's the birthday cake Oreos or it's the like the mint Oreos, I eat the cookie just fine. I don't know what it is, but the regular cream with the cookie just does not sit well. They don't like I, it. Um, anybody who thinks... Um, Anybody who thinks that chocolate chip cookies are better than Oreo cookies, they probably are like they, like Matt. They, they they hate pie and they love cake with icing. I love both cake and I love pie. Oreo I don't cookies, like icing on my cake. Oreo cookies are way better than chocolate chip cookies. Nuh-uh. Chips Ahoy? Chips Ahoy chewy over Oreos. Now, I all prefer day. to chewy. If I'm going to eat a chocolate chip cookie, I prefer to chewy. A normal chocolate chip cookie? Now, if you put pecans and, and white chocolate in it, then but a, a normal a normal chocolate chip cookie is kind of like cake with icing. It's just like I'll eat it, but I won't enjoy it really. It's, oh, not, uh-uh. it's not really that good. Chewy chips ahoy! Chocolate chips are very overrated. And I don't like nuts in my cookies, so. That's already out. Oh, no I love pecans. nuts. No, no nuts. Oh, you got to have cookies. nuts. No, no, no nuts in my cookies, my brownies, my cupcakes, or my ice cream. That's I don't something like else it. that's overrated. Brownies. Not good. I, really? I've, I've, I, I do not like brownies. I liked them as a kid. I, I, I just I don't, I just don't think hardly anyone ever makes a good brownie. I, I brownies, make brownies are bad. You have my brownies. Brownies are very overrated, and cake with icing is very overrated. Very. Nah, brownies. Brownies have to be especially really when, good. To especially be good. when they're right out the oven, and then you put them like as like their own cereal. So you like break out the or, the brownie in milk. Oh, the only way to save a brownie, unless it's just like one of the greatest brownies you ever eaten, but I, I don't hardly ever eat get those, is if you put vanilla ice cream on top. Now yeah. that might save the brownie, but over basically ninety percent of brownies, I just I look at, and if I if I decide to eat one, I'm like I regret it. I shouldn't eat that. It's not good. Brownies are not go overrated. I, we have to rethink our, our friendship now. <laughs> now you gotta have nuts. A brownie without uh-uh. nuts is useless. No, it's like, not. A brownie without nuts is useless. No, it's not. Yes. Chocolate Awful. galore. No, I don't need no nuts in my brownies. That's nasty. If you think a brownie tastes better Oreo cookie, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. Friendship. I just, I just don't maybe get it. ending effective immediately. Don't get it. All right, we'll take a. Time out. We'll come back. Shift gears. Go from food to LSU football talk with our friend Cokie Riley next. Stay tuned. You may debate which Thanksgiving side dish to serve this year. Green bean casserole or sweet potato casserole. Yummy. Classic stuffing or oyster dressing. Hashtag yummy. But there is no debate when it comes to who cooks up the very best sports talk. The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot. Want to remind you, Christmas comes early sweepstakes. You could win a $500 Visa gift card thanks to Armentar Jewelers. Simply enter the Game Rewards Club. We tell you about that all the time, 1037 TheGame.com or 1041thegame.com, and you'll have a chance to win a $500 Visa gift card. It's that easy. So come enjoy and take part in the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes, powered by Armentar Jewelers and The Game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. All right, we have with us Mr. Cokie Riley. How are you, sir? 
Doing great. How's it going, Kevin? All right. Before we, we've been talking on Wednesdays, we typically talk food around here, and especially the day before Thanksgiving. And I know this has nothing to do with Thanksgiving, but I just want to get your opinion on this. What do you prefer, chocolate chip cookie or an Oreo cookie? Chocolate chip cookie or an Oreo cookie? Um, probably just chocolate chip. Uh, Oreos are pretty darn good. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I think the ceiling is higher with chocolate chip cookies. You know, like you can make a really, really great chocolate chip cookie. Cookie. I don't know how much more you can do with an Oreo cookie. You know what I mean? So. All right. Um, I said yesterday I am trying to not feel like, well, LSU's just going to crush this team, even though I think they're going to crush this team. Uh, because I kind of thought that against Arkansas, and they almost lost the game. And so, but 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 I feel like Arkansas just has more to it than this train wreck that is Texas A&M. So do you see a scenario where people who are thinking the same way I am could be fooling themselves? Um. I, I call it football. I think anything is possible, right? I mean, you saw what South Carolina did to Tennessee last week. You saw that Illinois nearly Michigan. You saw that Maryland gave Ohio State a really tough scare. You saw that Kentucky played a 10-point game with Georgia. I mean, I can keep on going down the list, right? Um, but I, I, I do think this Texas A&M team is worse than Arkansas. I, I just don't see how they're going to score points, even – and I know Arkansas is the back of quarterback and still nearly won that, nearly won that game. Um, but I, I, I just feel like the, the schematics with Texas A&M are even worse. They don't have that you know, same sort of uh, threat of a running game even um, that Arkansas has. So I, I would be less concerned about this game than I would be about the Arkansas game. The Arkansas game was also coming off the high of that Alabama game, right? And it was also – the weather aspect to it, and the game was really, really cold. I'm actually not quite sure what the temperatures are going to be in College Station this weekend, but I doubt they're going to be snowworthy. Um, so I, I, I think they'll – and also they were the most, a lot of the team was dealing with the flu that week heading into the Arkansas game. Uh, Jane Daniels had the flu heading into that game. Uh, Harold Perkins played with the flu. Micah Baskerville played with the flu, and they still won. Uh, so there were a lot of stuff going, like there was a lot of stuff that was kind of out of their control that was going the wrong way for them heading into the Arkansas game. They still won against a better Arkansas team, so they should win this Texas A&M game. The key word is should. Um, it's not a guarantee. Nothing is a guarantee in college football, as we learned last week, but they should win this game. But there's another category that we talk a lot about, and this is way before your time, but I, I love giving the example when I was a kid in the 1970s and Jimmy the Greek and – and Brent Musburger would sit down and analyze the game on NFL today, and the bottom category was intangibles. Like, is there a – other than maybe Auburn, is there a worse team in the country in the intangible categories than Texas A&M this year? I think A&M is worse. If we're, if we're just talking about purely intangibles, I think Texas A&M is worse than Auburn at this point. I think what Cadillac Williams has done at Auburn sort of turned that program around, at least from like a mental health standpoint – um, for lack of a better term, uh, is really remarkable, and I think you should. I think Cadillac should get credit for uh, for ha- for putting Auburn in a position where they're going to feel at least inspired to play this week's game against Alabama. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think A and M is out of all the programs in the country, they're probably in the worst spot when it comes to 
just simply intangibles, given how many talented players they have and how poorly they've played the season, how many players, how many players that I think a lot of people expect. I mean, a lot of people expect just in general that they're going to have a decent amount of dudes around as a transfer portal, like immediately after this game ends. As, it, as long as LSU wins fairly comfortably, which is what I expect will happen. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a very strange offseason for A&M after having maybe one of the best offseasons in college football, if not the best offseason in college football last year. All right. So, you know, a lot of people made a lot out of the announcement last night, but to me it didn't really matter whether LSU was five or six or wherever. I mean, is that how you looked at it or what were you, what were your thoughts? Um, I'm, I'm like 90% there with you. Uh, so I mostly agree. I, I just feel like if USC was at five instead of LSU, I, I think it would have created a scenario where if both teams won out, they might, they would have maybe actually picked USC. Um, and, and maybe they would value that UCLA went a little bit more than some other people would have thought. And, and then when you, and then when we saw the AP and coaches polls that both had USC ahead of LSU, uh, I, I thought they were actually going to put USC ahead of LSU if I had the bet. Um, it didn't shock me that LSU was on, ended up being on top, but it, 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 but what it did though is it kind of confirmed to me what the, what the committee has been pretty consistent since the start of these rankings, and that they just like LSU a little bit more than everyone else does, or not, maybe not everybody else, but the general consensus does. Um, they picked them. They had them at number ten the first week of the rankings after that Ole Miss win. They had them at number. They I, they shot them up to what six or seven after the after the Alabama win. And now you know they have that very close game against Arkansas. And they beat a UAV team that they should beat, and yet they still keep on rising in the rankings. So I, I think this committee just really likes this LSU team, despite I say that they have two losses and. I think for LSU, that's a really good sign heading into that Georgia game. And I, again, I don't think they're going to beat Georgia, but if they did, big F, um, I, I think they're almost a lock for the playoff. All right. So, if they win that game. right. I agree. And I think they'd have gotten in even if they were six. But, you know, again, I guess we would never know that. And, and yeah. Okay. So, if, if Georgia wins and TCU loses, what do you think the Final Four is going to be? Um, Georgia, obviously. The winner of Ohio State and Michigan. Um, it, it depends what USC does, right? If USC wins out, they're in. That's the third team, and, and then the fourth team would be either one lost Big Ten team or Clemson or TCU. It depends when. If TCU loses this week, I think they still got a shot. If they lose next week, that would be dicey because they wouldn't be the Big Twelve champions and. Um, I, I think that the the lot the win that they had against Kansas State earlier in the season would have been negated um, because they lost to them in the in the more important game. So um, I don't I, I, honestly I it kind of depends what USC does to me at least. Um, I mean, you really then, think they would pick like, SMU I, over the loser of Michigan and um, Ohio State if it's a close game? Honestly, I'm not 100 percent sure. If you, like, if you're, I think if it's Ohio State, they pick Ohio State. Ohio State lost that game. Um, Ohio State has the Notre Dame win. I think that would that would stick in the minds of the committees of the committee. Um, it's Ohio State. I, I think I think if the committee, if you go to the committee, like one lost Ohio State or one lost TCU, who wins? 
I think they'd say Ohio State wins that game. Um, so I, I, this is this is a tough question, but uh, I, I think if it was Michigan, I think it would be really close, and it would sort of depend on how TC would lose the, one of these last two games. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be really really close, but uh, I think obviously TCU's in regardless if they went out. But if they lose one, I, I still think they they've got a shot. Depending on what USC does, I think if USC wins out, they're in. Um, I, and then, and I think if TCU loses the Big Twelve championship game, then it's probably going to be Michigan or Ohio State if they still have spot uh, the loser of, of of that game coming this week. So that's my guess. Um, but then again, I mean, Clemson could that that could be a pathway for Clemson again. If say Michigan lost, it would be one loss Michigan, one loss TCU, and one loss Clemson. But Clemson's an ACC champion, or they just pick Clemson. Um, that would that that that's probably the best path for Clemson at this point, especially if USC USC would have to lose too. But um, that that would be the Clemson scenario. So let me ask you: Do you think we overrate what the quote networks or college football wants? In other words, let, let let's say USC is in and Georgia's in and Ohio State's in. Does anybody really care whether it's Clemson or TCU? In other words, I think we, there's a perception out there, and I'm, I, I'm in that group. Like, the worst, they don't want TCU, and I think if TCU loses, they're just going to say, okay, put them in the back of the line. They don't want any part of TCU. So is do you think it's going to matter? Like, do they really want Clemson that much more? I'm talking in terms of – I'm not talking about in the evaluating teams – I'm talking in terms of ratings and, and, and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a fair question because, I mean, for LSU, it seemed like the committee – I think people thought, oh, the committee just wants a good game for the LSU-Alabama game when they put LSU at 10, right? And then LSU won. And, um, it, it sort of put everything on its head. Um, so, I, it's yeah, it's definitely a fair question. Um I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about this specific subject, to be totally honest with you, but I guess if I had to give my two cents on it, um, I, I think that stuff's probably a little bit overrated. I I, 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 I just I, I do feel like TCU is probably the fourth best team in the country, and they have it right at the moment. And if they lose, I, I think it's safe to say that they're probably not one of the four best teams in the country. I guess, again, again it depends how they lose, but um, – I, I, I think TCU has the number one strength of record in the country, but at the same time, it's not like they're dominating these games. Um, they're kind of scraping by at the, the end of their season. It's not like they're dominating the Big 12 when they're still number four, right? Um, so I, I think it all, um, yeah, it, it, like, I, 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 but like, my point, I guess, is just like the teams that we see every year, the Georgias, the Ohio States, usually Alabama, and teams like Clemson, like, they're there for a reason. You know, um, I, I, I guess there's I, I feel like sometimes we try to make up excuses in our heads as to why they shouldn't be in one year or another year because of X reason or Y reason. But at the end of the day, like they're the best teams for, for a reason. It's because they recruit better than everyone else and they develop players as well as anyone else. So and, and that's why they're there. Um, sometimes it's not really a ratings thing. Uh, and I think I can't really think of too many years where. One team was picked over the other purely when it was kind of obvious that they shouldn't have been. I mean, I guess TCU fans would argue 2014, right? But like, if Ohio State and TCU played that year, would TCU have won? I, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. If that's totally the case. And 
you know, it's not always a ratings play. I mean, Cincinnati made the playoff last year, so um, it's you know, it, it, and then they got destroyed by Alabama. So it, there's a reason why that happened. It's not because of ratings. It was because Ohio. It was because Alabama was simply the more talented team. So. Um, yeah, I, I think that stuff is a little bit overrated, to, as, as to your point. All right, so I'm going to ask you one more question before we leave uh, today that there is no real answer for. It's just your opinion. Do you think it's going to be good for – if this A&M game turns out like most of us think it's going to be, which is a face-crushing, um, LSU will have played – well, you know, it was a close game against Arkansas, but it wasn't – you know, I don't know. And then you play UAB – which was kind of like a non-game, and then I think this is going to be kind of like a non-game. Is that better for LSU to play these kind of non-real, non-four-quarter games going into the Georgia game, or would it be better if they played really good competition and had to play for four quarters uh, going into the Georgia game? Um, I, I think it's better that the schedule has turned out this way because, first of all, you still have the high stakes of these of these last two or three games just because there's still a lot to play for. There's a potential college football playoff spot to play for. Um, at, at the beginning of this stretch, there was an SEC West title game to play for. Uh, there's just the general there's just the general fact that they're still building up this program and it's not fully finished yet, as Kelly likes to say. And every single week and every single game, they still need to go through these painstaking details in order to, you know, further assert uh, this new, I guess, I guess style of preparation and, and, and consistency within the program, which I think they've more or less established the baseline of it at this point. It's, but, like, it's really about building it up to a degree where you don't have to worry about it anymore. I don't think they're totally quite there yet, and you kind of saw that in the Arkansas game. Um, so I, I think for all those reasons, like, these games are still important. It's not like – um, you know, you have you felt like you have to ratchet yourself up again, right? Mentally, mentally, especially for for this Georgia game. And also, I think it's a good thing because they just don't have to push as hard physically when when you're winning by a bunch of points. Um, say they bought Texas A and M, and they can play some of their uh, some of the second stringers in the fourth quarter, like. That would be helpful for this team physically. Like it, it, it's a lo- college football. It's just, it's not the NFL, but it's a long, grinding season, and, and any any opportunity for rest is needed. Like Josh Williams didn't play last week, and he probably would have played, would have had to play if it was against a tougher opponent, right? Like Keishawn Booty, maybe they would have pushed him more and tried to make the, tried to have him play despite having the flu if they weren't playing a team like UAV, right? So I, I think those things are benefits um, overall. Like, they could use that rest, especially when you're going to play an extra week of football um, in the SEC championship game. All righty, sir. We appreciate your time, as always. You have a very nice Thanksgiving holiday weekend, sir. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. All right. Thank you, Koki. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back with more on the game. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number one. Don't drop a fully frozen turkey into the deep fryer. So please, do us all a favor and don't blow up your house this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Some of us are victims of love. Some of us are victim of icing. Some of us are victims of chocolate chips. Welcome back to this food edition of Footnotes, which is not uncommon. They, you know, we it's a normal Wednesday thing, but especially today before Thanksgiving. I want to remind you, if you would like to get a great deal from AcadianaDeals.com where you could get a $30 voucher to Mud Cat Whiskers, which is a male grooming store, for just $15. Great gift, great stocking stuffer. That's a $30 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today, and you can get a $30 voucher to Mud Cat Whiskers for only $15. You might do it for your brother or your dad or your uncle or your Whatever, just whoever friend, your next-door neighbor who might need it, uh, again, take advantage of it by going to AcadianaDeals.com. Man, you want to talk about a treat. They called me over during the last break, and they said, eat this. It was in a bowl, which I don't, you know, again, bowl, plate, whatever, my fingers, wherever. It doesn't matter. I just eat. Uh, It was macaroni and cheese with rice with – Black eyed peas on top. Man, I love black eyed peas. Black eyed peas on, over rice with macaroni. It did not take me long to eat that bowl. And it was good, man. It, even for breakfast. Like, it was really good. It was, uh, I, I wasn't Stevie P fast, but I ate it fast. I, I And it, it was awesome. I mean, I really, I could eat that stuff every day. I, I just love it. I just love rice. Any. Uh, version of rice and gravy. It could just be, you know, it could be rice with peas or it could be rice with um, little gravy and uh, black eyes like that. I, I think I actually prefer black eyes, but I love peas. I love corn. Like I always said, if I ever, um, you know, got really crazy at a Saints game and they put me on death row and they said, what is your last meal? It would be rice and gravy with every kind of bean and pea that you can put. Just put it on top. Let's go to town. I mean, that was outstanding. So thank you all very much for that. And you need those little treats sometimes to, to, to get you going. Um, also want to tell you about, remind you tonight, the McNeese State Coaches Show. You can tune in from 6 to 7 for the McNeese State Coaches Show at Maplewood Burgers, which is located. Um, actually, they, they didn't. Um, in Lake Charles, and it's brought to you by Line of Bed out of Westlake, Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzolo will be bringing you, will be talking to the athletic director, talk about the season of football that just passed and the, and the good finish, as well as looking forward to men and women's basketball, I'm sure, which that season has already begun. So McNeese State football and athletic talks with the athletic director tonight. Uh, with Jim Gazzolo, again, the McNeese State Coaches Show from 6 to 7, and you can hear all of it on the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, if you have um, open phone lines here for a few minutes before for this segment and the next one, if you would like to call the game hotline at 706-0111. 706-0111. Again, the Cajun men last night improved to 5-0 and on the season. Uh, really nice win on the road against SMU. And if you if you missed yesterday, SMU's got a lot of transfers. It's probably a good time to play them. 
And they've got a new head coach in Rob Lanier who was – who's been at Georgia State for the last three years, same Rob Lanier who was the head coach of the Georgia State team that beat the Cajuns in the finals of the Sunbelt Conference tournament last season. And again, they've got a lot of transfers and you coach, so they're still kind of feeling their way through this process. Uh, and so Cajuns didn't have a new coach last year, but had some new pieces, and so they kind of went through that a little bit last year. And they're resilient. And one of the things that is a pet peeve of mine is free throws. Cadence did not shoot free throws well. And SMU shot them worse. So it's um, the Cadence are going to need to improve at the line. Now, they didn't shoot a lot of free throws last night. They were 7 of 13. Um, but SMU was 8 of 17. I saw, I saw a high school boys basketball game box score the other day. I'm not going to mention any school names. And I think I could be off one or two because I wrote it down and I don't have it with me. I think the two teams combined for like 21 of 56 at the free throw line. I know it's high school. It's not college. But, man, if you're that bad at shooting free throws, shoot them underhanded. Like, it, 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 it's not supposed to be that difficult if you're a basketball player. Now, for a fat guy like me who doesn't play, yeah, I'm supposed to struggle. I struggle at anything that's athletic. But if you're a basketball player, it should not be that difficult to make a free throw. Practice. Let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving there, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. Kevin, Justin, back to what I was calling about, about the, the Cajun basketball team. You know, they're, they're, they're starting a, a little stretch with La Tech, uh, SMU, and then Drake coming up playing some pretty good teams, you know. And pretty good teams exploit your weaknesses. You know, that's what you play good, better teams for. And you're starting to see a little bit of case in this team. But I, I will tell you this, though. I haven't seen this version of Greg Williams before. No. Have you? No, not not since he's been here. And, and, and again, I don't think he's ever going to be a great offensive player, but if he can give him consistent double-figure scoring in addition to the defense and the rebounding and the floor leadership and everything else he brings, then that's going to that's gonna be a huge for this team. Yes, and you notice most of his points of all, they all come in the second half when the game, uh, crunch time in the game, and that's when he does it. And, like, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? He's a senior, and that's what he's supposed to do. But, you know, one thing SMU exploited, and I think the book's out on our little, uh, uh, that new little point guard we got, uh, you make him dribble to his left, and you let him shoot the outside shot. Now, he's going to have to reinvent himself a little bit more to, to, to compensate that, but that's what SMU did last night. They took him out the game. They did. The other thing, and again, it's very early, so I, I don't want to make any rash generalizations here. But I'm, I'm I'm getting a little bit concerned that the scoring is so far, and it's just five games, and one of them wasn't even a real game. I know, but I I I'm a little concerned that the scoring is a little too top heavy on this team. And no, it's yeah. great having you know a Jordan Brown. You want Jordan Brown to be Jordan Brown, but I'm not you know I'm not seeing enough. Enough as enough players. It's like a huge difference between the top two or three scores and then everybody else. So hopefully that kind of changes a little bit as the season goes on. Well, maybe when Julian comes back, he could he could put a chip in more points too to, to compensate that. You know, right. they're going to need him, Kevin, to, 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 to get that final piece for their team. And look, they're playing a very good team next week. So you know that team is ranked, I think, number four in the mid-major poll. Drake is undefeated there. 
Yeah, and look, Louisiana Tech played with Texas Tech, and Texas Tech is good. Louisiana Tech did? was a good win. Yeah, oh, no, 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 look, look, look. I'm going to see that. They, they're going to have a really tough game. They, I want to emphasize Drake is good. And, you know, they're going to have a hard time beating that. I, I'm just, if they're competitive. I mean, I really think Drake is like comparable to a Power 5 team. They, they, they're pretty good. They're, they're probably one of the leading contenders for all the mid-majors to get an or bid. Plus, I mean, that that's good. a basketball league. I mean, you know, they that's basketball's king there. So, yeah, it, it's a different animal, yes. Well, anyway, buddy, don't eat too much, and uh, you have a good one. You too, sir. Oh, I hope I eat too much. The, the only problem with eating too much is um, we're going to be at my brother's house in Metairie, and so I got to drive home. Like, it's easier to eat like a total pig and just stuff yourself when you can just kind of doze off on the sofa at home or at some place, you know, in town where you live. But, you know, still got to make the two-hour drive back home. So uh, I, I, I'll, I'm going to try to not eat too much, but I'm not good at that. I, I, I've, I'm not good at it. I'm, I've never been good at looking at food and not eating it. Like, that's part of why I eat fast and part of why I eat so much because looking at food that looks good and – well, I think I'm just going to look at it. And I'm not going to eat it. I've never really gotten that strategy. I've, I've never been real good at that. Like, if I see it and it looks really good, then I like to eat it. So I eat it too much. And then when, I, when, when I'm actually eating and it's on my plate and, and some people just sit there and look at their food and I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to look at it. I want to eat it. And they say, well, why you eat so fast? Because I want to eat the food. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm in hot pursuit, cat. Let's go. So I'm going to try. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do what FedEx man said, not eat too much, because I really like to eat, especially when the food's good, just really, really good. All right. Think about the Saints game in Cheaterville Sunday or eat great food. Um, <laughs> that's a no-brainer. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving number 37. If you're eating your weight in fixins, then make sure you're dressed appropriately. So pull out the stretchy pants this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, tune in tomorrow over a triple header of NFL action right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Again, Bills, Lions at 1130, followed by the Giants and the Cowboys at 330, and the Patriots and the Vikings at 720. So, I wouldn't say, you know, the greatest three games that they could come up with on Thanksgiving Day, but... So all of them have their own interesting little twist to them, and we'll see how the Lions play. The Lions tend to play pretty well on Thanksgiving, uh, maybe a little above their head, even if it's just for two or three quarters, and then sometimes it, you know reality sets in. But they are pretty good on offense. Uh, they've been running the ball very well, and so we'll see what happens in those games. I, I think the Patriots-Vikings will be the most interesting, but um, – 
we'll see. You know, if the if the Patriots win that game, and and I don't I don't really know what to think of the Patriots just yet. Obviously, they had a great win, a great defensive performance in beating the Jets last week. But I think they're kind of like the Saints in that they're they're more built to play a drop-back passer than they are a running quarterback. And so I think they're going to match up a little better against um, the Vikings' offense, even though their offense is better than the Bears' offense than they did against a couple, what, three or four weeks ago when they played the Bears and they gave up, a you know, I, I, I don't know if, the Bears are going to have a real good passing team ever, even with a good young, a talented young quarterback. And he's running up and down the field, but he's still not throwing the ball well. So, um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know how much I'll see that game because we'll probably be traveling through some of it, but uh, back home. But it, it is, uh, it, it, it it's an interesting game. But again, if you're out and about traveling or whatever, and you want to ke- catch up on the head NFL triple header. You can do so by going to the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 104, one Lake Charles. So, again, in the next hour, we'll take more of your phone calls in the first and third segments. But in the second, well, no, in the first segment, um, we will be talking to Luke Johnson. We normally talk to on Thursday, but we won't have a show tomorrow, so we're doing it today. And I'm going to ask Luke about that revelation, (laughs) possible revelation that hit me yesterday like are they really thinking about Andy Dalton are they really doing that and none of us know it's all speculation I get that it's a little bit scary I got it it's a little bit scary uh could be a lot scary all right that'll do it for the first hour another hour to follow stay tuned broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and world champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 133 on LUS Fiber Game Hotline. 706-0111. 706-0111. If you want to call about food, certainly feel free. Even if you think chocolate chip cookies are better than Oreo cookies, you can call. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you, but that's okay. We can have a nice, fun discussion there. You want to talk about LSU and the situations that were the scenarios we discussed with Cokie, certainly feel free to do that. Cajuns going to Texas State with the season on the line. It's being called like a playoff game. kind of is. kind of is a playoff game for for the uh, you win or your season's over. If you lose, you 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 know you um. If you lose, your season's over. If you win, for the most part, it's not automatic. But we're about to discuss the scenarios there. For the most part, you're gonna you're gonna get a bowl game. So it is a uh, lot lot to play for for the Cajuns NFL. Lots going on, obviously in NFL. And we'll be talking Saints with Luke in the next segment. So I mentioned the Cajuns. Also. Cajun men basketball team last night got a 76-72 overtime win on the road against SMU. And and like FedEx Man was talking, they're facing an even better Drake team 
on, on Saturday. So a nice road trip in. You know, it's, again, it's great to be 5-0. and It's great to be playing well. It's very early. You know, when they lose games early or they, or they get off to a rough start, I try to remind people, let's, let's get the reality is it's all about how you play one weekend in March. Okay? And so whether you're 5-0 and or 0-5, that, that, that statement is still true. It's all about where you are. Health-wise and chemistry-wise and rhythm-wise, it's all about where you are going into that one weekend in March, whether you're 5-0 and or 0-5. So, I mean, I try to remind people that either way. But right now, it's, it's fun to be good. It's more fun to win. More happy days. I'm a happy day guy. It's about happy days. But, um, and so it's fun. To kind of on the surface have more hope, and the basketball team's gotten off to a good start. So I'm certainly not saying don't enjoy it, and um, we'll see how things play out as the season goes on. But having to do with football, just to remind you of a few um, – is this official? I, I'm, I'm seeing a text here that Zach Wilson has been benched for Joe Flacco or this white cat. I don't know who's starting, but I don't know. We might want to – See if uh, if that's an official deal, but it w- it wouldn't shock me. I mean, Wilson is not playing well. He's probably not real popular among his teammates. And again, it's just another example of why I'm just not into drafting a quarterback. I just and I know not everybody is Zach Wilson. I agree, but it's just the whole rookie quarterback thing. I just have never wanted any part of. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Cajuns. Here's some of the games, if you're a Cajun fan, that you need to keep an eye on. There are, um, here's the deal, there are, there are 17, there are 73 teams already bowl eligible. That means there's nine spots left. 82 teams go to bowl. So there's 73 are already eligible, bowl eligible. There are nine spots left. Kinda. There are really seven spots left. And the reason why I say that is because you have some matchups. Ball State against Miami of Ohio. Appalachian State uh, against Georgia State, where no matter who wins, they're going to take up two of those spots. And so you um, essentially, you've got seven spots left. And that is... You know, a little, little, um, little iffy. You just um, th- there's not a lot of spots left. By the way, let me. I want to update this. I hesitated there because it, it hit me that one of these games was last night. So Miami of Ohio beat Ball State last night, eighteen to seventeen. Yeah, they played on a Tuesday night. Awful, but. Miami of Ohio beat Ball State. So Miami of Ohio is now 6-6. Six and six. They're bowl eligible. That's the team the Cajuns played in Mobile a few years ago. And Ball State is out at 5-7. and seven. So um, Miami of Ohio is in. The winner of the App Georgia Southern game will be in. So at that, they're now, as, of, as we speak, there are eight spots left. 
And whoever wins between App and Georgia Southern is in, so there will be seven spots left. So these are the teams that you that you're hope if you're a Cajun fan that you're hoping to lose. Georgia Tech is five and six, and they're playing at Georgia. I don't think you have to hope too hard. I think that's going to happen. Miami of Florida is five and six. They play Pitt. They play Pitt, but at home. So it's theoretically possible Miami could win. Michigan State is five and six. They play at Penn State. You feel pretty good that Penn State is going to win at home against Michigan State. Auburn is five and six. They play at Alabama. You feel pretty good about that. Missouri is five and six. They play at Arkansas. I mean, certainly possible that Missouri could win, but you kind of like your chances of Arkansas winning. No, no, no. That's at Missouri. It's not at Arkansas. So that was a little iffy to me. It would not shock me if Missouri beat Arkansas. Um, Vanderbilt's five and six. They're hosting Tennessee a couple weeks ago. You just said, well, that's easy. Tennessee's going to beat Vanderbilt. I don't know. (laughs) Tennessee's obviously limping to the finish line. Vanderbilt's had some nice wins the last few weeks. I don't know about that one. Uh, Southern Miss is five and six at ULM. You kind of like Southern Miss's chances of winning that game. But again, it's uh, the Sun Belt's been pretty competitive this year. Buffalo, here's there's a couple tricky scenarios. Well, let me finish them. You've got uh, Florida Atlantic's five and six hosts in Western Kentucky. Eh, might win, but probably will lose. Rice is five and six at North Texas. That's a toss up. Um, UAB's five and six going to Louisiana Tech. You kind of like UAB's chances of winning. UTEP is five and six, and they're going to UTSA at nine and two. So, really, you just need four of them to to get it done. And you like Georgia's chances, you like Penn State's chances, you like Alabama's chances, and you like UTA's, UTSA's chances. So kind of the bottom line of all of that is if the Cajuns win, you can't say it's automatic, but it's pretty close. It, it, it's basically automatic that they're going to get a bowl bid. Now, a couple of the interesting scenarios here. One of them is that Buffalo got a game postponed and they have five wins, so if they lose, they might have to remake that game. I don't know what they're going to do against Akron, and they could have a chance of getting to six wins even if they lose. And Army at 4-6 and six is playing 1-10 UMass this weekend, and then they're playing 4-7 and seven Navy in the, in the annual Army-Navy game. The problem is that game is a week after the bowl bids are, are handed out. So if Army beats UMass, which is 1-10, so most people think they're going to win that game, even though it's at UMass. It'd be easier if UMass just won that game. But if Army does win, then what are they going to do? And also, Army has some not some FS, FCS wins. So they could get a waiver, but it's almost going to, like, what do you do if you're the committee? Because remember, Army would have a bowl tie into the Independence Bowl if they're bowl eligible. But when the bids come out, they're not going to be bowl eligible. So does that relieve the Independence Bowl from having to pick them? I don't know how all that works. The logistics that, you know, those are questions that I don't really know the answer for. I would think if you're the New Orleans Bowl, you'd rather have the Cajuns than Army, but maybe not. Maybe uh, maybe the service academies would trump, like, the Cajuns if they win. So, Again, just some interesting scenarios to throw out there. But um, I had forgotten to check who won that game last night. Miami of Ohio did win. They um, they got to, they got bow eligible last night at six and six. 
I guess on Thanksgiving week, if you're ever going to play a Tuesday night football game, Thanksgiving week's the time to do it. I, I guess that makes sense. Not, 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 not quite so bad anyway. But, uh, no, I just wanted to run that. I thought that was interesting, and uh, we thank our friend Dan McDonald from doing a lot of that uh, research for us. Um, Dan loves doing that kind of stuff, and I get it. I kind of, I kind of like the process of elimination part of when you're evaluating issues like bowl eligibility as well. Again, there's just a few minutes left in this segment. The game hotline is 706-0111, and then we'll be talking Saints football with Luke. And I'm going to try not to be quite as testy as I was last week when we interviewed Luke. But, um, you know, we're going to talk about some specifics, but also the, um, you know, kind of look to the future a little bit, especially with the quarterback position like we were discussing on the show yesterday and getting some of, some of Luke's thoughts there. I, I haven't checked the spread. I mean, what are the... What are the Saints in this game? Probably like a seven, eight-point underdog, somewhere around seven, I would think. I haven't looked for that, but I'm just guessing. But around a touchdown underdog. But to me, it's worse than that. I mean, to me, they I know you don't get these kind of spreads in the NFL because it's not college football. It's the NFL. I get that. but, But – I don't know. If I was making the spread, I think I would make it about somewhere between 14 and 17. I just don't. Look, if it if they're closer than 14 going to the fourth quarter, you know, I'll be pretty pleased. Now, that's on this side of the fence. You know, if if they somehow get a pick six or something crazy happens or they return a punt for a touchdown or something uh, and they get an early lead – and they're blowing the early, then I won't be happy if they're within 14 points. But if the game goes about like I think it's going to go, which is getting mauled on the line of scrimmage, um, then I'll be happy if they're, you know, within 14 points or, you know, t- only down 10 or only down 11 going to the to the fourth quarter. But I, I don't know. I just think it's just you don't you don't get a lot of mismatches in the NFL, and I think now if the Saints had three quarters of a foot of a football team, I'd feel a lot better. But with half a football team and all and so many guys missing on the off in the offense and defensive lines against this physical team, I just just think it's a total mismatch. And I hope I'm wrong, and I hope y'all can all laugh at me as we celebrate on Monday. Believe me. If, if, if the Saints win this game, it might be one of the greatest 10 wins in, in, in franchise history. I mean, this would be unbelievable. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm like, obviously, playoff wins are bigger than a win when a 4-17 and winning a, a game. But I'm talking about looking at the two teams and the uphill climb you're looking at. If they win this game on the road, might be one of the 10 best wins in franchise history because I don't see this happening. I do not see this happening. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Talk with Luke Johnson of theadvocateandnola.com next on The Game. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number eight. At your dinner this year, make sure that the alcohol is locked away because you know how Uncle Carl gets. Uh. 
So keep the booze away from Carl. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot. Want to remind you, you can get another great deal from AcadianaDeals.com. Today, you could get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for just $15. Again, that's a men's grooming um, store, and it could be a great stocking stuff for a Christmas gift. Again, that's a $30 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com and get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. All right. We have with us our friend Luke Johnson, who probably, I'm guessing, is a lot more responsible in not eat, overeating at Thanksgiving than I am. Am I right about that or no, Luke? You are dead wrong. You, I'm, I'm dead, dead wrong? wrong? I'm, I'm going to have about seven plates of food tomorrow, <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm going to hate myself all the way through probably about the time I wake up in San Francisco on Saturday morning. Okay, we are talk. We talk a lot about food on Wednesdays, but especially on Thanksgiving week. So, do you prefer cake or pie? Uh, pie. Yeah. Easy. Good. Hands man. down. Yes. No, there's no argument there. I, I, pie is an elite dessert. I, I I absolutely agree. We are. Do you prefer chocolate chip cookies or Oreo cookies? Um, I'm going to say chocolate chip. I, I think I like a chocolate chip cookie more consistently than I like an Oreo cookie, but there are times there are times when you need an Oreo in your life. Yes, absolutely. I agree. Now, I'm more of an Oreo cookie, but I'm not a double stuff. See, I'm not a big icing person, so I'd rather just a normal Oreo cookie over the double stuff Oreo. Man, we're, we're vibing today, Kevin, because yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. The, the cookie part is the best part about the Oreo. Uh, 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 the cream absolutely. balances it out, but the cookie part is the best part. Now, when was the last time you ate uh, for breakfast uh, black-eyed peas over rice with macaroni? <laughs> Probably Thanksgiving last year, maybe, <laughs> maybe New Year's, maybe New Year's, yeah. uh, New Year's Day last year, whatever the, whatever the case may be, whenever the – traditional time is they black eyed peas um but yeah look when there's when there's leftovers uh available it's no holds barred man it's just you're you're just like eating this stuff like all together in a bowl you know this is what it's what my wife calls a bowl of food where it's just like Everything is all mixed together, and you're just eating it all. Like, like oh, that's per- That's exactly how I, I eat. Yes. In fact, I'm kind of psycho because, like, if I know there's some really good leftovers in the refrigerator when I get home, like, during the day, I, like, daydream about it. And so it's like I, re- I really struggle with the focus on work because I'm just daydreaming about these leftovers that I'm going to eat. Sounds like we need to have a food show, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's a little bit more um, – I don't know, gratifying than discussing what we're about to discuss. So it hit me, it hit me yesterday, and I'm on the air and I'm talking, you know, I've been talking about the Saints for my whole life and on the air for like 30 years, and and, and it hit me yesterday that, wait a minute, are they really planning on Andy Dalton being the starting quarterback in opening day next September? What is the likelihood that that is their plan? Um, I don't think it's their their plan per se, right? But like, 
I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility if um, you know they move on from Jameis this offseason, which I, I, I think to me is a foregone conclusion. I, I think that relationship is just it's it's gone. Right. right. Um, so it wouldn't be a surprise to me to see him bring Andy Dalton back um, because I, I think as a veteran backup quarterback, he's he's really solid. I don't think you. I don't. I don't think you want to go into a season just like saying like he is our guy, especially if you have dreams about it, like a playoff, being a playoff team. But that said, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Saints. You know, whether it's it's with a first round pick to get back from Sean Payton, or it's with you know, the, their second round pick, which could be very high in the second round, um, to draft a young quarterback, and then to have Andy Dalton be kind of the the bridge between between you know the the present and the future. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I don't think it's like their plan to say, like, we really like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's our guy. He's going to be our guy. You know, we're going to sign him to a three-year deal next year. Um, but I, I don't think it would be a, a bad idea if they if they are going to be in the market for a young quarterback and draft to bring Andy Dalton back and to have him be there as, you know, the guy who holds the, uh, holds the spot down until the rookie's ready. What is the likelihood that, the opening day quarterback next year will be on the field where the Saints are playing Sunday. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say like I'd say it's probably pretty high. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like it wouldn't surprise me if it's Andy Dalton. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Taysom Hill. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Jimmy G. You know, I don't think they're going to trade for Trey Lance. Um, but you know, I think all three of those quarterbacks are going to be in the mix for for teams looking for. You know, whether it's the Saints or somebody else, you know, I, I think um, Jimmy G is going to be starting somewhere next year. It wouldn't surprise me if he's starting in New Orleans. I, I, you know, I, I thought it would have been a good idea to kick the tires on that this past summer. Um, so, do, yeah, do, I, do, I, I, I don't know if I'm like, like a real <laughs> maker here, but I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if if one of those three guys is starting quarterback for the Saints next year. Do, is, it, is it just kind of assuming way too much to think that Jimmy G is going to want a more glamorous, uh, you know, New York or, you know, I'm not, I know not Chicago, but, you know, get, you know, one of more glamour mar- marketing places, or is that, that's, that's assuming too much. Uh, I think that stuff is overblown, honestly. Um, I think the, the game has kind of changed a little bit where these guys understand the, the, the thing that makes them most marketable is when they're winning. Right. Jimmy G is like, you know, obviously like a very handsome man who's going to, who's going to be marketable no matter where he goes, as long as he's part of an organization that's, that's having some success. Right. I, I think, um, I, I think that stuff matters more in the grand scheme of things than, you know, playing in, in a media market. Yeah. It, it, the, the, the world is just so, it, it's so much smaller now with, uh, with the internet and social media and all that stuff, I just don't. You, know, you, you can build your own brand um, on your your social media channels or whatever the case may be, um, where you're not just dependent on on like, hey, he's he's the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. It's America's team. He's you know on ESPN all the time. I, I just don't. I don't think that stuff matters nearly as much now. That makes sense. And, oh, I, and personally, right. I also just don't know if Jimmy G is that kind of person where that stuff matters. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's. Yeah, just because uh, you know he's Jimmy GQ and whatever, you know, maybe right. that's the assumption. But I, I just don't know if that's something that really truly matters to him. Okay, Sunday's matchup. 
Um, the Saints have always played pretty well against the team I call the Cheaters from way back in the day. And and yet they're a very physical team. I would rate one of the three or more physical teams on the line of scrimmage, a line of scrimmage type um, team. And the Saints, with all the people they have on both sides of the line out, I, I, is this the biggest mismatch for the Saints of the year, or would you say maybe the Ravens were? Uh, I mean, it's up there. Um, yeah, it, I texted somebody like three weeks ago, uh, and again, the 49ers, it, I think they only won by like seven or eight points, but I was just watching them play. And I was like, they're going to kill the Saints. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and it's just... and I, I, don't, I don't really feel differently about that. I, I really don't feel very confident in this matchup for New Orleans. It's just everything the Saints want to do well, right? They want to run the ball well and all that stuff. Um, that's the stuff the 49ers are really good at preventing. Um, you know, I think the, the 49ers have you know, that kind of misdirection offense uh, that gives the Saints fits on defense. I just think it's a really, really bad matchup for them this week. Um, and it would not surprise me to see them you know, take the goodwill from this, this last week's game there where they finally got some positive momentum and just have it all blow up again in, in their face in San Francisco. Well, again, I, 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 if, if I, I, know, I don't know what the spread is. I'm guessing it's around a touchdown. But I, if I was making the spread, I'd make it about 17. I think this yeah. is just going to be a complete whitewashing. But anyway, I hope yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. And I look, hope maybe, I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe we're wrong here. And, and look, I, I, think, I think if the Saints are, are ever going to be who they want to be, like they got to find ways to win games like this, right? They, this is going to be their 12th game of the season. They have not won consecutive games yet, right? So, like, if they are ever, ever going to make a a run and be and have a legitimate chance at um, at a, a postseason appearance and a division title, which is still technically within grasp, like these are the games they're going to have to win. Yeah, but uh, uh, this is just – there's not very many teams that are going to win – going to beat this team, and I don't think the Saints are one of them. But, all right, so in terms of, you know, you know me, I've been crying. I, the Saints need a running back, and we disagreed on a lot of that last week. But there's a couple running backs that were released, and I understand, like, they have to pick up one of them, right? Why have they not picked up one of these running backs who, who at least are legitimate NFL running backs? Well, I think they've tried, right? Like uh, that, you know, Benjamin kid from um, from Arizona who ran for about 95 yards against them uh, earlier this this year. Um, and when he was waived surprisingly by Arizona, the Saints put in a waiver claim for him, right? And I think they've they've tried a couple times to get Sonny Michel, and um, yeah, it just hasn't worked out. Um, I don't, you know, as as soon as the Broncos released uh, Melvin Gordon, I was like, wow, yeah. Like absolutely, the Saints should absolutely kick the tires on that guy. Like he's an accomplished NFL running back and all that. The only thing that makes me wonder if that's first of all, yeah, they didn't put a waiver claim in on him. Um, so Melvin Gordon cleared waivers; he's a free agent, um, so he's going to have his choice of where he goes. Um, so that's one thing that could be holding him back, depending on on the interest form out there. And the other thing is, um, you know, that. The reason Melvin Gordon was released by the Broncos this year is because he couldn't hold on to the football. Right, and that's been that's been a a huge problem for the Saints this year. So yes. yeah, I, you know, do you want to take a flyer on a guy who's had fumbling problems? It is scary, but man, he, he's like he's like a you know a poor man's forty one. I mean, he he was that kind of back just like two or three years ago. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, and I think he's still got gas in the tank, too. I, I think he would be uh, really, really good in that scheme. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's it, it all comes down to whether he wants to come to New Orleans, um, whether there, he thinks there's an opportunity for him here, and whether the Saints want him. Uh, because, you know, again, the, the turnover problem has been the biggest problem this team has had this year. And, uh, and you know, bringing a guy in who's had issues with turning the ball over, I, I just don't know if that's something they'd be comfortable with. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, and uh, I don't know, might bring up another food topic. That was fun with Luke. Uh, I didn't know we had so much in common food-wise, but that, 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 that's kind of that's kind of nice. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back on the game. Helpful tip for a tremendous Thanksgiving, number one. Don't drop a fully frozen turkey into the deep fryer. So please do us all a favor and don't blow up your house this Thanksgiving. This helpful tip brought to you by your family at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, welcome back. Want to remind you the World Cup is back and you can watch all the thrilling action on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over there at KLWB Channel 50.3, Cox Channel 19. From, for Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles free over there on Channel 19.2 and suddenly Channel 137. As all the exciting World Cup action you can find on Delta Media. All right, Luke. So, you know, th- this season has been such a mess that it hit me this past weekend, how absolutely excruciatingly ironic it is that at the beginning of the season, if we'd have told all of us that Cesar Ruiz was going to make progress and that the tight end position was going to be arguably the most productive position on the entire team, we'd all said, man, the Saints are in the playoffs. Things are great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I think if, if, if you, know, you would have told me the tight end position was the most productive position on the roster – um, I would have realized then that something went horribly wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> ma- maybe it, maybe it's a bit of a stretch, but it's not that much of a stretch. I mean, it's been a, p- a pretty good position when most people looked at it as the big- biggest weakness going into the season. No, I, I agree. I, I think uh, I think both Juwan Johnson and, and Adam Trabin have both played really, really good football this year. Um, the the problem is they, they're just not getting enough production out of uh, out of the other players. You know. Alvin Kamara has gone, you know, kind of in between being absolutely amazing and and uh, you know the Saints having trouble getting him the ball, right? And um, and you know Chris Olave has been very very good. I think he should win the Rookie of the Year if he keeps us up. Um, but you know they haven't gotten really any production out of anybody else. And Jarvis Landry was great in the opening game, and obviously he's been dealing with injuries. And he's you know everything. Everything outside of the opening game has just you know, been really hit or miss with him. Um, so it's they're just they're they're not getting enough consistent offensive production from really anywhere else, um, and that's that's been you know one of the biggest one of the biggest problems with the team this year. Um, I, I think the defense in general has has underperformed, and that's probably been a bigger part of their their record to this point of the season. But um, yeah, it's it's been a disappointing year on the offensive end. Do you think there's any hope that any of the offensive linemen are going to be back where the deficit on the line of scrimmage is not going to be as bad as we're perceiving? Uh, I would expect uh, Andres Pete will be back. 
um, you know, he was active for the last game, but like clearly, you know, the only time he practiced last week was during Friday's walkthrough, and um, and they they just clearly were not comfortable having him go in there on you know one day of practice, probably still dealing with with a little bit of a triceps injury, um, and going up against Aaron Donald. Um, so yeah, I, I would expect he'll be back. Um, I think there's a chance that James Hurst could be back. Um, yeah, I think there's a chance that Trevor Penning makes his debut this week. Um, I think the the 21 day activation window for him is kind of coming up here pretty soon. Um, but you know, if if Penning does play, um, I, I would expect it to be like a as a sixth offensive lineman role. You know, he's, he's got to work himself back into playing shape, and, and you know, obviously he hasn't gone up in in like a game rep since the final week of the preseason. So I, I don't know if you want to just be throwing him in there against you know, Nick Bosa <laughs> for. 50 snaps a game. Um, so, uh, I, look, I, I think they're going to be better. They're going to be more healthy this week. Obviously, they still got a couple of weeks without Eric McCoy, um, but I, I think they they will be a little bit more solidified than they were this past week. Do you feel like Young hurt himself, or did he do okay for kind of being just thrown in there at left tackle? He did okay. Um, yeah, there's there was a couple plays where he just flat out got beat. Um, and I think that's you know there, there's there's a reason he profiles as a right tackle in the NFL, not a left tackle. Right. Um, but you know I think he he did fine. I, I think he's he's a really valuable guy to have because he's going to come in and he's at least going to play decent football for you. I, he's not going to be like a, a dominant left tackle in the NFL, but for you know a guy you're paying like eight hundred grand a year. Yeah, um, he could be a backup for the future, kind of. Yeah, solid yeah. Guy. He's he's a he's a really good he's a really good swing tackle option I, you know he's, he's like a he's like an early career version of james hurst right i, right. I, I think he'll continue to get better um but he, he definitely has you know, limitations as a player and he's, he's got to work on those and yeah but I, I think for a young player who hasn't had a lot of game experience i think he played pretty well all right so one more, before we get off of that uh one more question there I think most of us thought Aaron Donald was just going to have like a career day, and he didn't. He made some plays, but not that many plays. So, what was who actually kind of played a little better than we thought from what you could tell that made that a, a, the situation? Well, I, I think the Saints just had a really smart game plan. I, I don't think it was necessarily like anybody just having a really great individual performance. I just think they they very smartly approached how they blocked him. Um, you know, used double team pretty much every play. Um, and you know when he wasn't double teamed by an offensive lineman, they gave they gave help with the uh, with, with you know backs or tight ends in, in the blocking game. There was one play specifically that I, I keep thinking of is is when um, Andy Dalton hit Juwan Johnson for a 26 yard play on third and one. You know Aaron Donald was lined up over Ryan Ramchek on the play, and he beat Ramchek off the snap. And Adam Prentice came all the way over from the left side of the formation where he's lined up over the tight end shoulder and knocked Aaron Donald off his path, allowed Andy Dalton to step up and throw a really nice ball to Juwan Johnson. And that was the sort of stuff they did the whole game. And, you know, on top of that, uh, you know, their, their plan was clearly to have Andy get rid of the ball quickly and kind of neutralize that pass rush. His time to throw, like between the snap and the time he actually released the ball, on average was 2.16 seconds, which uh, third fastest by any NFL quarterback this year. Um and you know, I think Andy is the type of player who, when he's when he's able to get in that, that kind of rhythm passing game, he's able to get the ball out of his hands quickly, which 
yeah, I don't think you can just force that. But when it's when it's there, he's really good. I think his uh, his passer rating this year when he's when he's spending less than two and a half seconds in the pocket is like 120. Like he's he's really good at those quick passes, um, and they were there, so they took advantage of it. And I, and I think they had a really really smart good game plan. It, it was you know, not only against Aaron Donald but against the Rams coverage. All right, the downside to that to me, and you tell me if I'm over-exaggerating this or not, is way too often this season, he drops back, and within two seconds, he throws the ball four yards on third and six, and they punt. Yeah, I think that's, that has been that's, – that's a critique of him, for sure. Um, I think there was a couple times this past game where I thought he did it, and the pass was actually you know, a little bit of a better decision than I thought in real time. I still think that's that's something that you know that you're you know that you're kind of dealing with when you're when you're doing these these like quick passes where you're trying to you know neutralize a pass rush in that way. Um, it's that you know, when that's kind of drilled into your head, um, sometimes you get rid of it too soon, right? And, and like there was there's one in particular where I think it was a third and six. He had time in the pocket, and um, you know, there was nobody really near him. And he dumped it off to Alvin about three yards shy at the line of scrimmage, and, and you know Alvin was kind of bracketed by two guys, and they both brought him down. Um, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily blame him for for getting the ball to Alvin, just like seeing if he can make something happen, right? I, more often than not, Alvin's going to find a way to get the first down. Um, but I, I think, you know, it's just it's part of it when when that's like your whole game plan is to get rid of the ball. It's it's just you know sometimes you get rid of the ball too quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a little give and take with that, I think. I, I mean, I don't, I'm thinking as physical as they are on, on the defense that running, they're not going to have the success running Batman as they normally do and or that they did this past weekend where, you know, he had some big plays in the running game, um, but maybe passing, like they've shown the a bit, like he completed a couple, or at least one for ten or twelve yards or whatever it was this past week, and he's done it here and there. Seems like him throwing could be more of a weapon than him running in this matchup. Well, I, I, and even if it isn't right, I, I think the like forcing the defense to to be honest about the threat of a pass when Taysom Hill's in the game can open things up for him as a runner. I think it did this past week, honestly. Um, he only attempted three passes, uh, but you know, the threat of it was there. So they can't just like load the box up and, and you know just completely commit to stopping the run whenever he comes in the game. And I think that you know, that's, that's why he had his best game as a runner since you know that, since the Las Vegas game. Um, so you know that is something I want to see. I, like I really like that they did the whole two quarterback thing and they let Taysom throw the ball. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't think I want him dropping back like 10 times a game and throwing. Um, but I think having that as a threat opens things up for him as a runner. And I think that's the most important part to me. So, I mean, again, I, do, do you feel like the secondary can hold up in the passing game? And, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think Adebo and Taylor are pretty physical tacklers, so they might be able to do an okay job, but 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 covering the tight end, et cetera. How do you like that matchup or hate it? You know, I actually don't. I don't hate it. Um, you know, I, I think I'm I'm pretty confident in the way Adebo and, and Taylor have played. Uh, if they have Chris Harris out there at slot, you know, maybe that's something else. I think he's been picked on a lot. 
Um, he's made some really nice plays. I, I think he's definitely settled into a little bit of a groove. But if you have him out there covering like Brandon Ayuk, I think you're asking for trouble. Um, so, but on the outside, I feel fine with it. You know, really, the, the San Francisco passing game is not anything I'm even remotely concerned about in this game. It's it's really um, you know, the run game. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's that's been it's been Kyle Shanahan's specialty since he's been there. Um, you know, it really goes all the way back to, to Mike Shanahan. You know, all of his teams always had you know, good, strong running attacks, and, and Kyle has taken it to a different level with all the misdirection he uses, and that's something the Saints have – look, they've, they've just struggled this year. This is a team that you know, it built its entire defensive foundation upon stopping the run. And you know, last week, a, a Rams team that was averaging 68 yards per game on the ground, they were terrible. Yes. Terrible. And they ran for 150 yards. And that's the thing that really, you know, that's, that's if, if the 49ers are able to do that, which I anticipate they will be able to, because nothing that's happened this season has told me otherwise, <clears throat> that's when the passing game starts to get a little bit, um, starts to get a little bit more dangerous. Right. Like it, and it's not even, it's not even like play action. Like Jimmy G is actually a, kind of a terrible play action passer, um, which is you know, really weird uh, for a Shanahan offense. He's, he's, m- like a lot better when he's not doing the play action passes. Um, but you know, if, if the saints start selling out to try to stop this, stop the run, that's, that's where things open up in the passing game. That's, that's where I'm really concerned. Is there that's any the way, guy. or do, or do they do so much different stuff as it is? And there really isn't such a creature is what I'm about to say, but like, is this a desperate enough situation run defense where they're going to really just try to do something they haven't shown all year? Is that even possible? Yeah, I just I, I don't know, and I, I don't think it is, right? I, you know, week twelve, you pretty much are who you are defensively, right? I, I don't I don't know what they can do, uh, just that is a completely different look than anything they have in the past. Um, you know, specifically against the run game. Um, yeah, I just I, I think their problem right now is that you know their their players haven't been playing well enough. I, they've they've gotten next to nothing out of David Onyemata this year. Um, you know, outside of <clears throat> outside of a, a pass, he batted down. They, you know, I, I can't remember the last time Shy Tuttle has done anything remarkable out there. Um, you know, Malcolm Roach hasn't given him a ton since he came off IR, and you know, I think that's that's just been, you know, when when you're not your your front is not um, you know, plugging the lanes, it makes things a lot harder on everybody else. Um, so I, I just don't I don't know if there's like something schematically they can do that's just going to throw San Francisco completely off guard. It, you know, it's just that I'm just not not confident at all that they'll be able to stop that. I I agree. Again, I always said it's not so much who you play, it's when you play them, and this is not a good time to be playing this team right now. It's just not a good time, but it is what it is. So you got to go do it. At least they're not coming off a, a bye, and you played on Monday night. So it's fair. It's just not fun. But all right, well, I, I give you full permission to eat as much as you want tomorrow. Thank you, Kevin. I needed that. <laughs> uh, and you know what? I will take you up on that yes. offer. Yes, all right. Uh, I'm going to – Probably fall asleep at eight o'clock tomorrow, and um, yeah, just be completely miserable all day Friday. That's okay. It'll be fun though. It'll be worth it. Yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. it. Thank you for the time and safe travels, sir. My pleasure. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Luke Johnson. Man, I didn't know Luke was a smorgasbord eater like I am. Just dump it all together and eat. That's the way I love it. That way, people. 
I have a sister-in-law and like none of her food can touch. And it just, it just, I, I can't even comprehend that. Can't comprehend it. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish out today's show next on the game. Southwest Louisiana sports station, your home for the LSU Tigers and world champion Houston Astros. <laughs> there is nothing worse on Thanksgiving than sitting at the table eating a piece of dry turkey. Water. Water, please. <laughs> Your turkey may be like eating cardboard, but there's nothing dry about the sports talk here at the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to the game. Want to remind you again, you got to join the Game Awards Club. There's all kind of great prizes like the normal that I'm about to tell you, but also like the Christmas come early where you can win a $500 Visa gift card. You can't win all of these regular or seasonal uh, great prizes if you don't join. So go join the Game Clubhouse today, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com where regularly you could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen there. Great stock and stuff for a great present. It's free it's simple so sign up today so i hear i can just sense it i'm not even with you all the saints fans that listen to the interview with luke y'all are all acting like y'all didn't hear what i heard when the man said he said it real quick in passing and i didn't follow up on it because i know y'all were just trying to ignore it and move forward but in his mind did you catch it he said that in his mind, Batman is still an option for the starting quarterback next season. I'm just gonna say it and move on. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna. We're not even gonna discuss it. I just. I just said it because I know y'all are all acting like you didn't hear it and you're just moving on. I get it. I'm just. Man, I. I if Andy Dalton's gonna be the quarterback, might as well be Batman to me. I mean. Batman. Might as well. Might as well run the Bumaruski the way I look at things. Might as well run it. But um I am he he Luke and I didn't we didn't agree on a whole lot last week's interview. We agreed on a lot today. The food part, how big of a mismatch this is. I I just think this is a complete mismatch. And I hope. Look, turnovers are the great equalizer. No doubt about it. I mean, you know, is it possible the Saints could pick up a fumble and run it back for a touchdown? I mean, it never happens, but I guess it's possible. Could they actually pick off a pass and run it back for a touchdown? Yeah, it's possible. Could they return a punt for a touchdown? Yeah, it's possible. All of that stuff's theoretically possible. But I think two of those things are going to have to happen if they're going to win this game. If they're going to take it to deep in the fourth quarter, two of those things are going to have to happen. And look, I, I, I'm not saying it's impossible that they could complete some passes and have a little success in the passing game if they can block them at all. But how are they going to run the ball and stop the run? I have no idea. I, I, I just I – just, don't know how they're going to run the ball and stop. I just, I just think this is a complete mismatch. Complete 
an utter mismatch. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong, and, and man, it, you know, if we have a glorious Monday, I, it, it, it's going to be one of the most glorious Mondays ever, if that happens. I mean, that is going to be glorious. Don't expect it, but I guess that's why we kind of watch the game. I appreciate all the phone calls. Have a nice day.